You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Grolix Nights, the Grolix Podcast live show. I'm Randy. I'm Melanie. And I'm Jesse. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Oh, yes. So it says, <laughs> ooh, early. That's right. 818-ish. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when 818 is early. Uh, yeah, so here's what's going on tonight. We're going to talk about historical horror. What, what is historical horror? Well, it's a horror stuff that takes place at a time. <laughs> horror stuff. At a, at a time. Horror stuff that takes place at a time that is not now. It's in the past. Which is pretty wide open, but generally, I think of it as, like, if it's a period piece with horror. There we go. Yeah. Such a weird movie. What movie? The Savannah. one that... Probably oh, the one that the, Okay. Right, right. Savannah and Melanie watched a movie together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, how are you two doing? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Good. Good. This week flew. I was like, whoa, I have to know a historical horror piece. <laughs> yep. Today. I is- <laughs> <laughs> Today? Yeah. One yeah, of those. yeah. Yep. I get it. I, I had issues with the historical portion of it a bit because uh, I, like you said, I had, I watched it with Savannah and for her history is anytime before yesterday, apparently. And I <laughs> am like, yeah, no, it's gotta be old, like medieval or something. <laughs> so Holly, Holly uh, chimed in. She was trying to like, I, I told her we were doing historical horror. So she was like, so you should watch idiocracy. And I'm like, that's set in the future and not that kind of horror. <laughs> I, I I did look up the definition of historical, and I'm pretty sure the past is an integral part to what makes the something historical. <laughs> that's what I thought, too, yeah. <laughs> because throwing the horror in there, obviously, it doesn't have to be factually correct, but it needs to be in the past. And, so, yeah, that could be a movie that takes place in 2017, but, I mean, I think it should be a, a movie that takes place in a period that was not when that thing was made. Yeah. I think that kind of makes it historical. Yeah. Plus, yeah, I, I think basically any time that doesn't resemble something like the time we live in, I think. <laughs> right. You know, I don't know. I guess I would have accepted into the, like, 1900s, but. You know. I wouldn't. Like, 1950s to me was too soon. Um, but before that, like the thirties probably would have been okay. Babylon, Berlin era, you know, so I guess that, that begs the question Does something like stranger things count as historical horror because like it's a period piece. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would, I think it would, but that does seem weird because that's, you know, it's historical, but it's also like a time period that we can vaguely remember. Just because my 80s music is on the Golden Oldies station doesn't make it history, does it? Oh, yeah. Fido's was, Fido was like a 50s type True. Time period. So that, yeah. I, 
I guess it's it. Anything before everything was televised, you know, makes it, it feels more historical to me. Otherwise, it's just like, no, nah, that's just I've seen that. Yeah, that's just I love Lucy or something. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Also, I think it helps if it ties into a, a even just tangentially an event like mm-hmm. a real world event that mm-hmm. definitely helps make it feel like a historical thing. You know, you're, you're mentioning the TV thing clicked with me because yeah, the thing, I think the thing that is the change for me, it might be TV, but I was thinking like world war two, uh, but they happened around the same time. So, um, right. Right. Yeah. But I guess really, honestly, it's, it's just whoever's opinion, you know, whoever's doing the historical viewing is it's their opinion right. of what history is. I, yeah, it, it like a lot of our, I think, genres so far that we've, you know, tackled week to week, um, our subgenres, it's pretty open. It's pretty mm-hmm. open. And that's that's fine. That's a little bit by design. Doll's last week's episode with doll horror, or if you're watching on YouTube today's episode, because that's when it went up on YouTube. Uh, hey, I wanted to put I wanted to get rid of the dollar duck or whatever that is in the corner. So I. I put an overlay over it and rendered a new video so it took time but anyway (laughs) not a week but it took time to get to it (laughs) and that was your uh that was your episode of ducktales just now (laughs) it's a new Uh, segment where we talk about the dollar duck the dollar duck which (laughs) nobody (laughs) nobody knows what we're talking about i guess not on the audio show yeah yeah the audio show you don't know even if you're watching live you're like that's not a dollar it's an s it's a dollar to me because I didn't pay a dollar and now we have to look at the dollar duck. You have to look yeah. at the dollar duck. It's like Scrooge McDuck's lucky dime right there in the corner of our video. It's number one dime. So yeah, we 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 all looked at some type of historical horror thing. Um, and then also uh, we, but there's a couple things we've watched that I wouldn't mind talking about just briefly. I'll try to keep it much less rambly than last week. I was very disappointed in myself because I was super excited to talk about Malignant and Mass, uh, Midnight Mass, and I could not spit anything out. <laughs> I, I rewatched some of it and I was like, oh, that's a disappointment. <laughs> the seal tangent was pretty good. Hey, it was speaking, good. Yeah. Speaking of tangent, did you know fans are losing it over Robert Pattinson's Dark Knight voice? According to tw- Twitter, tw- Twitter, Twitter twins. Twitter trends. No, I didn't. Ducktales. That's Daffy Duck, man. <laughs> I went a little Tweety Bird. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so there's a teaser. I don't. I, are people really losing it? Losing it? Losing it? What quotes. is it? What is it? Their v, like their the Pennywise. That's strange. <laughs> like the Pennywise clown losing it. They're all floating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Savannah watched an intimate portrait of the Roosevelts. Sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> which Ro- which Roosevelts? I don't even want to know. FDR, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a new deal for you. So there's a teaser. <laughs> there's a teaser released today for the Batman trailer that'll be released in two days. And the teaser is literally just the bat signal with text and Robert Pattinson's voice 
but it's the Batman voice. And I think it's probably the first Batman voice we've got to hear from him. And people are apparently losing it. Here's my thing, though. This is the only reason I mention it. I've watched, since this was announced, I've watched a few movies with the with old Rob Robbie Pattinson. I can call him that, right? Uh, <laughs> only if you refer to him henceforth as Robbie P. Robbie P. <laughs> <laughs> like P-Cap. It's yeah. Robbie P. Yeah. Rob Pat. We're, <laughs> Rob <laughs> Pat. We're, we're on team Rob Pat. Uh, having watched him in a few different movies now, you don't know that that's his Batman voice. His mo- his voice tends to change wildly. It's inflection and and accent from scene to scene in some of his movies. So who knows what they could have been Batman his Salvador Dali voice. And I don't know why people like. Okay, I guess if people are super excited, that's fine. But like losing it over the voice, it's it's a little low. It's gruff. It's not it's not Christian Bale. Blah, 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 you know. Maybe that's why they're losing it. It's not Cookie Monster Batman. Um, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's not C is for Cookie, and that's not good enough for me. It's it's kind of a regular voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a teaser, so it doesn't give much. I think the most interesting aspect of it, if I want to like dig into it nerdy-like, which is something we've done before on this show, so it's not out of place. Um, the whole line, the only thing he says, what does he say? It's not just a signal. It's a warning, right? No. Mm. Which is cheesy, but I like me a wrathful Batman, and that's a wrathful thing to say. It's not like it's a beacon of hope. No, it's mm-hmm. it, it's a warning. He's threatening people. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, Savannah had said, by the way, about the Roosevelt's, uh, Roosevelt's all of them. It's called <laughs> the New Deal. <clears throat> cool. Yep. They need hey, to better go ahead. What what? I, I was gonna say they need they need like publicists to come up with the names of their plans from now on because they're all so lame. You mean like their teasers and stuff? Oh no, I meant the politicians. Um <laughs> Oh the New Deal. Oh yeah, because you know. Well, the New Deal it was a thing. People remember it, so now they you know, they they just latch on to it, they're like remaking. It's like Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what should we call this thing? We'll call it the Green New Deal because people are familiar with the New Deal thing. Right. They know that term. Okay. Yeah. If you were to, like, re, like if you were going to abbreviate bills, you could call them bees. And then you could have Attack of the Killer Bees or you could have Attack of the Bee oh. Killers because there's so many bill killers out there. Oh. Boom. I there thought you were going to do. Kill- I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch McConnell ain't nothing to mess with. Oh God, don't don't put him in. With <laughs> I did it. I did it. That's the word. You guys, you're welcome. I did it. What would they oh. call him? Turtle. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'd call him ODB. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's hey, that's worth a star. That's one star. <laughs> Review us on iTunes or Apple. I'm Podcasts. just trying at this point. uh hey i i should share this to the facebook group hey people in the future you should check out the facebook group it's honestly about the only place on facebook i still post anymore uh facebook.com slash group slash garlics podcast it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. we post stuff in there on the regular melanie posted something in there today i was i was and it was good i liked it yeah 
I thought you would. That's why I shared it there. I don't share stuff for the fans. They don't matter. <laughs> I share it for us. <laughs> um. Oh, there's a release date for the He-Mans. Oh yeah. The, the, the new, the second part of the He-Man. Yeah, it's coming up. I guess. Ooh, cool. What is it? When is it? That's a great question. <laughs> I, I, I already forgot. I think November. I, no, I like it's just that's it. There's a release date. Cool. <laughs> there, there is a release date. I'm it's excited great. for it. I don't know when it is, but it, there, it's yeah. there. It's going to happen. I mean, I'll watch it when it comes out. <laughs> and it'll be a surprise. Uh, I'm looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, it is look- November 23rd. November 23rd. <laughs> Just in time for well, thanks. When's Thanksgiving? <laughs> now look up Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, it's one of the Thanksgiving is one of those weird ones. It, it, it's it on the last, the second to the last Thursday, always. Yeah, it's the 18th. Okay, it's after. We'll be eating cold turkey sandwiches when we watch mm. the email. Uh, well, let's let's stop meandering. <laughs> okay. Uh, first, let's talk about you guys been consu- watching stuff. Consuming anything? Anything good? No. Actually, we rewatched uh, we rewatched Age of Ultron because James Spader because Holly's watching The Blacklist, and so right. I tangentially am hearing The Blacklist. So basically, I just hear James Spader's voice, which is always a welcome voice, unless he's mad at you. Right. Yeah, James Spader again. We talked about him last week. Spank that secretary. So, <laughs> the only like that is my that that is the go-to ref like Spader sure. reference in my head. I I brought it up last week. If you bring him up next week, I'll bring up secretary again. <laughs> you need to watch some more movies, I guess. Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Something crazy is going on with my headphones, and I don't like it. Okay. Um. Well, Melanie and I watched Dave Chappelle, The Closer. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> We're just not going to talk about it. Okay. That okay. is a very contentious. That's thing. all I, that, that's, I don't know anything about it other than we should probably not talk about it. That's not. Yeah. That's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I'm not touching on anything right or wrong or nothing. People are mad at him. And he went after people, so it's not a surprise. <laughs> Just Google search that special, and you'll know. You'll know. Mm-hmm. All the headlines will be there. Um, however, Melanie watched Cult of Chucky with me. Yep. I know I talked about that last week, but right. uh, I had her watch it, and she seemed whelmed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just... Not I over was, or yeah. under. That's how I felt. Yeah. Filmed. The score for it was really bad. So I was thinking it was going to be horrible. But it, compared to other Chucky movies, it's not that bad. No. So, it, yeah, it, was, it was, went fine. It just was a step down from Curse is all. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I like I'm not going to go on about it. My second viewing wasn't much different than the first. Uh, the only thing that I like took the only takeaway from watching it twice um the second time was that it actually it clips along at a real good pace like it's it's pretty quick paced i, I, I didn't yeah. you, you know the first time you watch a thing it's like 
you're in it. You're not really whatever. If it drags, you'll notice that. But mm-hmm. the second time, if the movie drags, you'll notice this is a case where it's like, oh, we're already here. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was expecting. I don't know. I was. Ex- I don't know what I was expecting. Uh, nothing. I have no expectations for your opinions on. No, that sounds. I don't know what I was expecting, but you were very much like it's. Yeah, it's. It's just like the other child's play movies. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, oh, I thought there was something. Oh, that's a nice segue for me. I watched today the first episode of Chucky. Oh. Oh. Which is it? Sorry, Melanie. I didn't. No, nope. that's fine. Um, it's free on YouTube right now. The first episode, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah. You know, I've the stations. Networks or whatever will do that once in a while. They'll drop the first episode to kind of like, you know, the first taste is free. (laughs) Yeah. And it's okay so far. I'm not sure what I was expecting. It's, it's a TV show. Like the production is (laughs) like the production is fine, but, uh, and Chucky's there. You hear Andy on a phone, but otherwise it's pretty much dedicated. Like, Here's our main character, or at least, you know, like, our, the new character that we're following for the most part. Um, he's a kid, so there's lots of high school, or he's supposed to be 14, I guess. So what's that like? Is that high school? Is that junior yeah, high? I think that's just starting high school. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and um, he's a he's a gay kid and gets bullied. And uh, the the Child's Play, the Chucky series of, like, you know, definitely touched on on those the on themes around sexuality and stuff like that like i don't know lgbt themes mm-hmm. but like the creator of the whole series of you know the guy the main guy um is a gay man so i'm it's i'm a little surprised it took this long to get like a gay central character where that's like kind of a big plot point but also like it's not i don't know it's well handled i think um but do yeah. you think that Andy's just going to be the phone on the phone and that's it? Or is he going to show up? Oh, he's definitely going to show up because he was okay. in the trailer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one thing. So in terms of the lore, like they're not, I, you know, I just watched cult of Chucky. So I was like, all right, they're going to just take over from there. And, and I'm sure they will, but it's more of a, like introducing to introducing you to, uh, this kid, new character, his life, and the town is a big part of it. And that's going to play a big part because I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be the town that uh, Charles Lee, whatever his name is, uh, came from. His hometown or something. Charlie, uh, it was Charles Lee Ray. Yes, that's it. Um, Ray Lee. I don't know. It's, it's Lee Ray, I think. It seems okay. Like So yeah, it didn't really tie in a whole bunch of stuff other than Chucky. Chucky's there and he's doing <laughs> Chucky stuff. First episode, of course, it takes a little bit of time before like they, you know, a little bit of time before they really like he's just walking around talking. I feel my biggest complaint is it feels like there's something missing, like there's a scene missing because he goes from like, whoa, there's no batteries in this thing. And it was talking, throw it in the trash to the next scene. It's whispering in his ear and he's like doing a ventriloquist thing in front of his school with it. And it's just talking to people on the stage. So like. How did it, how did he go from like, how did he go from throw it in the trash to like, 
And and that's like, the thing. Hail Hydra. He he <laughs> hadn't even heard like Chucky's real voice. It only just he was still just doing the doll stuff. Throw it in the trash to the next scene. He's letting it tell him what to do in his ear, and he's Chucky's shouting out in his Chucky voice at an audience full of people. It's like I feel like we're missing something. <laughs> I yeah, feel like no we kidding. just jumped straight to something. Do you think they forgot to add something in there? I mean, maybe That'd be a they big turned... mistake. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a forgotten thing. Well, I guess it could be, but maybe a trim a trim down for time because yeah, you, but that's I, a, yeah. him discovering that his him that's a big step. Maybe they out. were just like maybe the dude's like I've written this scene like six times already. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> this kid gets it. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not. Yeah, um, there and, and you know I won't go spoilers, but there is one good. There's one kill in there. It's a pretty good Chucky kill, I think. Yeah. Um, it it's interesting because and and I realize the animatronic stuff and all that costs money, and that feels a little scaled back. But when it's there, it's different. Even than you know, Cult of Chucky, it looks a little bit different. So it, I don't know. From that point of view, it's kind of interesting to see how they're handling the animatronics and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Cool. If you like the series, ch check out the show. Yeah. It seems okay so far. It didn't, it didn't blow my socks off, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. They wait till the season finale to, to get rid of your socks. Right, right. I mean, until then, you don't have to buy new socks, so you're still okay. <laughs> you're coming out on top here. Um, if, if you guys don't have anything else to talk about, nope. we could go right into, uh, our shows, historical horror. Yeah. Horror. Horror. <laughs> horror. What are we doing? What is this show? I don't know. I'll go first if you want. Yeah. Cool. Do it. Okay. Actually, uh, let me look it up again. Cause I can forget the name of it. Um, let's see. It's the something mask m-a-s-q okay the mosque of the red death uh, okay <laughs> um so it is based on an edgar Allan poe poem um and it was uh actually i don't see i don't see when it was from but it's old and it stars vincent price and uh hazel court 1964 so, is when it was produced. Okay, yeah. So I like me some Vincent Price and all, but I'll just say I was a little tired when I watched it, and there were some points when he was monologuing that I almost nodded off. Um, it's a really weird... It's weird. It's not scary. Um, so the idea behind it, I guess, is... Uh, well, the Red Death is like the Black Plague uh, or something similar. It's a, it's a disease. And Vincent Price or his character is like the prince of the, this area. And he's a Satanist. Um, so he, and he beats this chick. And I don't know why they use her as the focus uh, kind of of the show, but he takes her and, and back to his castle and she goes around with him. And maybe it's because then he has somebody to explain stuff to, you know, gives a reason for all the exposition. Um, but she's, a, she's a weird character too. She does. She has like very little 
actual personhood. It's just uh, she's there to go like, oh, no. And then be like, oh, that's my my friend. And then why would you, you know, very, very little actual personality. Um, She's a device or whatever. But but they have some really weird stuff going on in, in it um, because he's because he's a Satanist. There's like a scene where he's like, you look like a pig. Now be a pig. And this, you know, guy drops to the ground and starts snorting and walking like or, you know, walking around on all fours like a pig. And he's like, and you're a donkey and you're this. And then like all the people in the party are down on the floor pretending to be animals and laughing hysterically about it. And I'm like, this is weird. You and never had a party like that? Never. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I like, I like that. That's those are all deaths. But it's a rainbow death. So I yeah, it's got a. It's it's definitely it has that. You know, it's that time period of of film where it's crazy technicolor mm-hmm. insanity. Saturation. Yeah. 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 So, but anyway, he was having some kind of a party, I guess, and he brought that chicken, her dad and her boyfriend to back to the castle, and then he like sealed it, sealed everybody in because. They heard that uh, the Red Death was coming, and he's like, "Well, stay here with me, and um, like pledge your allegiance to Satan, and uh, he'll spare us from from the Red Death." He kind of looks like the Brigadier in that photo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what oh. are we doing tonight, Brig? Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, it's got weird like trippy, smoky dream sequences, and there's a part where they're doing like interpretive dance. I don't really understand. Um, it's it's all very strange um if you're going to watch it i'd say um drink a energy drink or something first uh because it's slow and every you can tell that everybody there came from theater you know i'll just say that because you i'm sure anybody who's listening to us has probably watched older movies and they know that you know the way that people they talk too loud and kind of like slower and just strange because they're used to having to do it on the stage and making it so everybody can hear and understand them and it doesn't work as well in film but but i try to forgive that if i can um no i was just gonna say yeah i was telling you i love vincent price but this is definitely in a grouping of vincent price movies that i've always kind of struggled with um because there were a series of uh, there's this in the pit and the pendulum and there's a series of 60s based on Edgar Allan Poe or at least similar stories and they had a very similar like I I like the production quality the value um the look of these where it's clearly like a sound stage with a painted background um mm-hmm. I like that but man they can be they can be a little bit of a slog because it's like I was telling you Vincent Price has got creepy Vincent Price voice, so they're like, just do your monologue and that'll be scary enough. And it's like, well, I love hearing Vincent Price voice, but like, are you going to have something scary in this movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, one thing it's I It's like did a like- movie where Chris Walken is just a dad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, One of the things that I... I didn't like or I thought was strange maybe about it was they had there were a couple of little people in the movie and they overdubbed their voices and I didn't like that. I'm like you mean let them be in the movie let them be in the movie you know what I mean let them have their voice and it's it's jarring even to 
to hear a, a voice that definitely doesn't belong to right. this specifically it was the girl um the guy you know maybe maybe that's his real voice i don't think so but maybe um but the the chick n- no way in heck it's like when they what was that one movie tarzan or something where they overdubbed ali no no what's her name the chick the what's her name ali she not ali Sheedy. i'm not even close ali McBeal. no it's not even i'm not even andy it was andy mcdonald it was a mix something i knew it yeah she was in some movie a tarzan movie and they made her they overdubbed her with some british lady and i'm like yeah no that's totally not her voice it's weird why would you do that but whatever maybe she was terrible maybe they should have done that in bram stoker's dracula with everyone (laughs) except for gary oldman because wow (laughs) sorry (laughs) well she does have a southern accent so i wonder if it's harder to go from having one kind of accent to like well no no it doesn't matter because i suppose anytime you do that you're going to another accent just because it's yeah not not the normal one doesn't mean it's any weirder than doing the normal one right um and all british sounds the same to me (laughs) that's it's not racist there's got to be a word for that it's something yeah um okay a lot of planets have a north would (laughs) right right yeah it's yeah they they always hand wave it away on doctor who but it's 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 really kind of weird when you think about it um would you recommend this movie melanie to some people yeah not everybody most i like you sure um i would say most people i know probably not but most people i know don't have very good taste either (laughs) not that this is like fantastic or anything but they wouldn't watch like a movie with um a slower paced movie would probably be too too much for them or anything with uh subtitles you know yeah i mean this is it's a classic but horror typically and i'll probably Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm sure there's lots of people that would disagree and i'm sure i could think of 20 exceptions to this if i thought about hard enough but horror before the 70s is kind of a tough sell for a lot of people i think mm-hmm. um more so universal maybe, than, maybe notwithstanding but yeah right right um just because the pace yeah the haunting is amazing i think that's from the 60s but the pace it's going to be a hard sell for a lot of people mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i get that sometimes stuff's too slow for me but it's got to be a little extreme Okay. Shall we proceed? So what this is like what time period? They're walking around I see castles and stuff, so this is like it's kind of medieval maybe or Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's supposed to be midi- medieval. Okay. They're all in carriages and you know, all that jazz. Okay. Well, what time period do we want to go to next? Who's up next? It's me or you, Jesse? Who what what are our options here? Mine is Buffalo, New York. 1887. Oh, well, mine's uh, the Sierra Nevada Mountains, 1847. Ooh. <laughs> so, Should we go chronologically? Okay, I guess we'll go chronologically. So that's Let's me. Let's do that. Okay. So I watched a movie that I've seen before. Um, I debated what, like digging up some weird, obscure movie, uh, but... I think for a lot of people, this will be a weird, obscure movie anyway. But for me, it's a it's a classic, and not enough people talk about it. 
Savannah asks, ooh, Donner Party. No. Yes and no. It's not Donner Party, but it's definitely like it takes place in the same area, the same time. Uh, Ravenous from 1999, not the 2019 or 17 vam- or a, a zombie movie, but 1999, Ravenous. I went to the theater and seen this when it was released. It's amazing. It bombed. It's not surprising because uh, it's pretty hardcore and uh, everybody needs to talk about this. It's not exactly Donner Party, but um, so Ravenous. I just watched it last night. Like I can, I can, I can summarize this briefly. Um, Pro wrestling's place. own David Arquette. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. He gets like you know poster billing, and this is one of the better posters. There's some god awful posters, and they actually put his face on. It's like. He's such a minor character. Um, but uh, so 1847, uh, Guy Pierce, it's got a great cast, but Guy, Guy Pierce plays uh, Lieutenant Boyd, I think. He was fought in the American or the Mexican American War and had managed to single handedly take over a, a command post or whatever. So they gave him a medal, a medal, like awarded him and a promotion and whatever. Um, but he, he kind of was able to do that because he's a coward and he he hid the dead bodies. And uh, so his his whoever higher up, like he told them this afterwards. And so basically we start he's getting this medal, but he's obviously like he's not really fit. And his higher ups are like, well, you're a coward. We know you're a coward. Uh, we should have you shot, but since you did this thing, we can't really do ju- do that. Um, so they ship him off to what's the name of it? Fort Spencer, uh, which is near in the I don't know where exactly Sierra Nevada mountain area, mm-hmm. and it's basically like the reject fort. It's where they just kind of throw their undesirable. Uh, soldiers and stuff. There's not a lot of people there. Um, and yeah, so they put him off over there to basically just, I don't know, do nothing, I guess, mm-hmm. just to get him out of the way. And uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of our main character. And then Robert Carlyle shows up uh, and he'd been wandering out out and about in the, whiz, in the snow and uh, basically whatever. He he got lost. Donner party. He tells him this tale about how his his camp or his wagon train or whatever got lost in the mountains. Yeah, it was basically a Donner party. And then, uh, but he ran off. Blah blah blah. I don't want to go too much on about the plot, but it is a it's a gory black comedy horror movie about cannibals. And, uh, and, and the Wendigo and Wendigo. Yes. And it's interesting. So it's basically, I mean, they kind of get into it pretty quick, so I'm not going to be too worried about spoilers. I won't say exactly how it all goes down, but it's essentially a vampire movie, but cannibals, if cannibalism had the same basic effect, like it can rejuvenate you, make you stronger, 
Um, basically, like if you're about to die, all you got to do is eat some people, and you'll be you'll be okay. It's it's a weird concept, really. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. so it plays on that. So it's basically like your vampire type story, but cannibals. Um, but part of why this has always stuck with me, though, other than like, yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Is and I think I'd mentioned last week it was a dark comedy, and Melanie's like, yeah, it's not a comedy, and it's not like a laugh out loud comedy, but it's weird. It's intentionally offbeat. Like even just the score, like a lot of the scores, it's this weird kind of just banjo picks like dunk, 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 dunk. And it, I can't explain it. It's, it's so crazy, but parts of it are parts of the score are fantastic. Um, most of the characters are just kind of ridiculous. Uh, it does have David Arquette and he plays, a stoner <laughs> and uh, but he's just like most of his dialogue is just, he just laughs because he's a stoner and it's like yeah no he's you know, the over medicated whatever and they've got like one actual soldier there who's just kind of overly gung-ho type soldier and uh, their their doctor was a vet and he's just obviously an alcoholic and so like it's that kind of like just put put the weirdos out there and so that's your cast um but it, it the plot kind of c- comes in and takes takes a over before mm-hmm. you know doesn't spend too much time dwelling on the character stuff um there's there's good bits there's good bits there's good bits of comedy uh like i like dude's freaking out and he's like he was licking me yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not funny unless you watch it. So you got to go watch it. Mm-hmm. I think I agree. It's it's weird, but it is. It's really good. It's a good story. And especially, I think, because I, we watched a thing about it one time. The the woman who uh, directed it had, what, like two weeks to prep for it before she made it. That's freaking insane. The behind the scenes like story of it is kind of crazy because they had some... Apparently they had some kind of art house director attached to it. Also, this was like not a huge studio budget or like this is a big studio movie and Guy Pierce, like this is kind of height height of Guy Pierce career. Robert Carlyle had just won a BAFTA or whatever for the full Monty. So it's like the height of his career, David Arquette, whatever he's David Arquette. It's I guess prime <laughs> David Arquette. It's post scream, right? So he's doing pretty good. Uh-huh. He's probably shown up on WW. It would have been WWF on the regular. Uh, I think you're muted if you're. I was to, to say, yeah, he's probably winning the world championship right about now. <laughs> right. So, like, known names. I think the budget twelve million or something. Twelve million dollar budget, which is not huge now, and that wasn't like the biggest then either. Either, but pretty big for a dark comedy cannibal horror movie um Mm -hmm. and they had apparently some kind of art house director attached to it who they fired and then brought on some other director whose only credit at that point was home alone three and then the cast Mm -hmm. like rebelled against him and fired him and then they brought on this lady who directed who ended up actually directing it yeah with like no prep time and she was known primarily for uh, British television stuff and yeah they made made the movie somehow it turned out fantastic 
I think it's great. I give it four and a half stars. Um, mm-hmm. It could be five stars. Meh, I felt like four and a half this time. And and then she left Hollywood. Never never directed a movie again. I don't think it was mm-hmm. not a good experience for sounds like anybody. Mm-hmm. But somehow well, the movie came out great. It made like two million dollars on its twelve million dollar budget. So that's not great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there you go. Go watch mm-hmm. it. It's amazing. Yeah, but you can't trust box office stuff because Tucker and Dale didn't do good either, and that's amazing. No, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, this movie was never going to do amazing. This is not a mainstream kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. Not only is it, you know, it's 1847, so that's technically Western, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, it's like Manifest Destinies happening. Like, the, uh, so Western mixed with cannibal stuff but it's also it's not donner party it's some weird uh movie about a coward and cannibals and uh yeah so strange so strange this is never going to be a mainstream hit but um it should have done better i went mm-hmm. i went and seen it i i did my part if you could afford would you have gone to it a second time yeah yeah i liked it i mm-hmm. i liked it and it's one of those movies that I always have it on like I have it on DVD. I'm pretty sure I have it on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a movie I always have. I've watched it numerous times. It's not a movie that I'll like watch every other year or anything like that, but it's, it's one that when it comes up, mm-hmm. I'm usually like, Oh yeah, ravenous, especially if there's somebody around that's like new to show it to be like, Hey, check this out. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing now. Hey, I, I told Savannah about it and I'm like, and Randy loves it. And then I didn't think you were going to watch it for this just because I know you've mentioned it before, but I was like, it, you know, if it wasn't for Grolix, you'd probably watch that one again. But then you want, you did watch it again. So, yeah, I mean, I decided, like I said, mainly as just a reason to talk about it more here. I should have pulled up a couple pictures. It's got Robert Carlyle with a blood cross on his forehead for some reason towards the end of the movie. I don't know why it's there, why he decides to put it there. It's never addressed, but mm-hmm. man, it's pretty cool. It's got a good climax. Uh, I know I already mentioned the score, but it's so unusual. Mm-hmm. And last night, the movie got over, and I don't know, I was on my phone or something, and it was playing through the credits. And I don't know if I've ever really paid attention to the, the score during the credits, it's weird. It sounds like there's two like orchestral pieces going at the same time and they totally clash. And I'm like, it kind of sounds like insanity. And that is totally appropriate for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like, I don't know. It's, it's really strange. Um, and if it weren't for certain aspects around the cannibalism, it could almost just be a thriller or a psychological horror because they kind of play it off that way as well, where at a certain point you're like, well, is Boyd just crazy? Mm-hmm. But, you know, kind of spoiler, spoiler, there's, there's, people should be dead, but they're not. So, like, there's kind of a supernatural element to it. Mm-hmm. The Wendigo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, good fun. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. Savannah, you've not seen it? Oh, you should see it. Savannah, do you love... Robert Carlyle, because if you don't, you seem like the kind of person that should. And if you do, you should go watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should watch it. So let's go from uh, the 40s to the 80s, eh? 
<laughs> the 80s. The 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 80s in New York when the music scene was just bustling. Uh, oh, no, the 1880s. So, oh. so none of that and just barely cars. Mm-hmm. So uh, I watched Crimson Peak from oh. 2015. Um, I had seen it before. Uh, have you guys seen it? Uh-uh. No, I haven't. It's uh, Guillermo del Toro. I yep. have not. Yep. I have not. It's Guillermo del Toro. It's it feels a little bit like a like a departure from what he's known for, but at the same time, it's got everything that a Guillermo del Toro movie has, like Doug Jones. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and basically, you need those two things, right? Um, so it's a tough one to kind of review because it's also a kind of a whodunit kind of, uh, there's a mystery that is and isn't all that well hidden kind of thing. You kind of see it coming a little bit, but mm-hmm. what makes it cool is what makes every Guillermo del Toro movie cool. And that is like the beautiful set designs, the, um, the creatures, you know, like the creature designs are like the ghosts are legitimately creepy, even though like they are not necessarily threatening. They always appear like they're threatening, you know, like, um, I don't know, like the very first ghost that you see is the fate is the main character's mother basically warning her about the future. And she sees her mother uh, in ghost form as a 10 year old. And she's legitimately creepy looking. Um, Wait, so do they do like ghost time travel, like the Brooke Neck Lady from uh, what's uh, the house of no, the Haunting of Hill House? Something similar to that? Um, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Like she knows about the future for some reason. She dies. Mm-hmm. She dies when she, uh, she dies of an illness when uh, the main character is young, and mm-hmm. and warns her of Crimson Peak, uh, but she doesn't know what that means until she's an adult, kind of thing. Okay. Um, and then it becomes like this weird love story, and there's this little meta bit that uh, she's an author, and so she's trying to um, she's trying to get her manuscript published and she's doing all these things like um submitting it to publishers and then then she gets rejected because of her handwriting potentially and so she's like well now i'm gonna type it so that you know that can't be the reason that i'm being rejected kind of thing and then people are like it's great but it needs a love story and so she adds a love story and so it kind of also mirrors what's going on in the actual story even though we never really hear what's actually happening um, but like there's ghosts in it, but the ghosts are metaphors for the past and spoilers, the ghosts all resemble something from the past in this movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, which makes sense because all, you know, like that's what ghosts are. Ghosts are the remnants of somebody who's died. So, mm-hmm. so it kind of sounds like signs, but ghosts, <laughs> is it anything like that? Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit. I don't know. Like there's, there's a... <laughs> I mean, there's there's more of a like a like a plot and uh, like a some poison. There's poison involved, and like mm-hmm. again, I don't want to like give it a, give it too much away. But essentially, without giving the entire crux of the story away, it becomes pretty clear early on that Tom Hiddleston's character is interested in uh, the main character's money. Mm-hmm. <sighs> 
and so he they need this money in order to find in order to finance their their crazy machine like he's an inventor and so he's got this machine that helps mine um clay red clay and that's where this whole crimson peak thing comes from it's red clay yeah. that tints everything including the snow like if you mm. um if you step on the snow the 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 red of the clay comes up through the snow and now everything's red and that's where you get the name crimson peak and uh yeah i mean basically my favorite bits of it are the the obvious guillermo del toro stuff which is like the ghosts are creepy um doug jones is amazing as usual playing playing the ghosts um i think the performances are pretty good but a lot a lot of it is very predictable in terms of the mystery behind mm -hmm. it. So it's, it's not my favorite, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and I, I kind of chose it because I knew it fit the bill for what we were talking about in terms of it's, it's great as a historical piece. Um, it, they, they, they make you believe that you're in this time period. I don't feel mm -hmm. like there's a lot of anachronisms that, you know, ruin the illusion of that. That chick's um, hair, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that hair. Yeah. And maybe maybe some of the costumes are a little bit overboard, but other than that, it's uh, it, it's all right. It's worth a watch, and it's on Netflix right now. So if you already are a subscriber to Netflix, uh, you don't even have to pay extra to rent it. So, and if you're not, you know somebody who is. Come on. Yeah, I was always kind of curious about this movie because it Guillermo del Toro movies. It it looks very stylized. It looks very del Toro. This mm -hmm. movie. But I'd heard kind of iffy things about the movie itself, and I'm guessing that's mainly just like plot stuff or whatever the story. Yeah. But so I just have never gotten around to it. But it looks it looks like it was expensive, and it looks stylized and kind of amazing. Yeah, it is. It is a beautifully shot film, and I don't know if I recommend it or not. Like, I don't know. It's. If you if you like to look at pretty stuff, <laughs> maybe. it's kind of like a mer. If you wanted to watch like a, a Vic oh, I don't know that this is Victorian. Really, it's not really Victorian, but like that's what the look of it though always made me think. Yeah, right. If you want a Victorian esque murder mystery, but with way less people, <laughs> this like is it. This is it. It's kind of a siege movie too because they're kind of like this remote location at a certain mm -hmm. point like it's it's almost like two two different movies in that there's the courting which all happens in New York and it's all very like socialite and you know mm -hmm. like social classes that kind of thing and then you get to Crimson Peak and it's just like this dilapidated kind of remote area it's a beautiful house but also run down and creepy Mm -hmm. and then it that's it it's like she's stuck out there with hiddleston and hiddleston's sister and wackiness ensues except not wackiness more like murder <laughs> that wacky murder <laughs> <laughs> with like wacky racers but wacky murderers mm -hmm. oh, nothing like a little wacky murder mm -hmm. cool all right you know uh, before I forget to get to it, uh, Savannah says next week or another. It'll have to be another because next week we are set for trauma, trauma movies, traumaville movies. Well, if you're talking about favorite cheesy bad horror movie, trauma kind of fits. 
it well it does except it has to be a favorite and i don't know that it's man, anybody's favorite <laughs> the trauma, trauma movies can be rough even toxic avenger okay it's a classic Ooh, it's rough <laughs> Do we need to pick like trauma movies because like there's not that many? <laughs> Are we all gonna just? Is there? Oh, is there? Okay. There's kind of a lot, man. They, right. dude, they they've been just cranking them, cranking all them right. out for okay at this point decades. I don't know like how active trauma still is in producing stuff, but I just earned us our second one star review because somebody's gonna be really mad that I didn't know that. <laughs> um. I mean, if they made enough movies to they Let's to where see. they can eventually make Tromeo and Juliet, and that's even old at this point. Come on, um, they've been said, doing it. Sorry, I just pulled it up for mm-hmm. just a second. From nineteen seventy nine until now, it looks like they've done one at least once, at least one a year every year since mm-hmm. since nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, I mean they can crank them out, and like, it's not like it's not like Lloyd Kaufman is making every one of these movies himself like it's like they're farming it out to like they have a lot of notable people have come through essentially using trauma uh as it's their film school you know come through the oh, ranks okay. like james gunn and stuff it's their um, film school movie project yeah. or whatever yeah i mean basically it's where they kind of learn the ropes i guess or get hands-on mm-hmm. experience um savannah it's anyway savannah had said next week or another we can do can we do cheesy bad horror movie not like cult following movie but one that everyone hates i mean i guess in that or do favorite cheesy bad i guess in that respect trauma might fit because i'm sure every trauma movie is hated by someone um so almost like a guilty pleasure yeah it'd be like a guilty pleasure it's It's, that's gonna be tricky to that's gonna be tricky to nail down so subjective yeah 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 I, i i talked about malignant when was that? I already kind of did it. Idle hands. Well, I don't know if <laughs> right. everybody hates that one or not, but like I don't hate it. Yeah, I talked about malignant last week or whenever it was, and that's a good example of like. So I've watched a couple of YouTube reviews on it, and it, dude, it's so everyone's, it's it's one way or the other, but kind of. Um, so I watched one which I expected him just tear it apart. It's the kind of movie this certain YouTube channel would just tear apart. Uh, Savannah likes The House on Haunted Hill that came out in 1999. Well, that's not great, but it's better than The Haunting that came out around then. That was horrible. Horrible. But uh, anyway, point is, I've watched reviews of Malignant where one person, like they, one review, they started off like, this is going to be terrible, and then they loved it. It's the the most original mo- horror movie to be made in a decade which is insane to even yeah. utter such words and then i watched another one where he just tore it apart the whole time he, this is terrible he hated it he hated every second of it he loved hating every second of it you should watch this movie but like <laughs> right yeah. but at the same time like i totally review or uh, i totally agreed with that second review like every point even to the point where he like did a little twist at the end where it's like, but you should still watch this movie even though it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an example of like, man, even, oh, last week, Melanie, you talked about Doll Factory, which looked pretty bad. I didn't watch it, mm-hmm. um, but it's, I definitely know what kind of movie it is. Mm-hmm. Paul said he loved it. So like, it's hard yeah. to say like, yeah. 
The Haunting with Owen Wilson, Liam Neeson, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. God, you know their, oh, you know the whole, and the one chick. I can't think of her name offhand, but who's like? L- Lily Tomlin. Yes. No, no, it's a Tomlin? No. But it's something Tom- like that. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, when'd you get that? Just like this week. So I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity mm-hmm. with the Owen Wilson reference. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, the hippie chick. What movie did we see with the discount her in it? It was Cult of Chucky. Oh, okay. The chick with the with the baby issue mm-hmm. uh, is totally like a discount version of the chick who played kind of the lead lady in the haunting nineteen mm-hmm. nineties crap think, version. Yeah, I think her name is Lily. I don't know what her last name is though. Yeah, she's um, always the hippie chick usually. Yes. Yeah. So so anyway, point is Savannah. I'll have to think on that because. That's hard to say. It's if I thought hard enough about it, I could probably think of a movie. Probably think of a movie that I like that a lot of people don't. But especially in like the horror genre, like the horror fandom, you can find people that like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Even movies without plot. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Because who's watching them for plot? Shots fired. Um, Sorry. Savannah like thirteen ghosts. I know Melanie does too. I do too. I I'm sorry. It's it's fun. Doesn't have to be great. No, it doesn't. I was not. I did not. (laughs) No, I was not a fan of a lot of those movies during that time period. When they, I like the idea of what they were doing, but when they started remaking the, they did like the Dark Castle. Like they the branding and they started remaking a lot of those movies from the was it sixties fifties sixties I don't know house the original house on haunted hill had Vincent Price so they they remade all the all the old crappy Vincent Price movies and they made them all crappy <laughs> they did that's the, and they put people like freaking Dave Arquette and crap people in it so <laughs> heavy world heavyweight world champion David Arquette what it's ridiculous. Um, Savannah saw that in the theater with Melanie. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen them. I didn't go to the theater and see them, but so like, I can't blame you for watching it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if they're entertaining. Can we just talk about the worst movies we, and not watch them? Because that makes me think of <laughs> those. Uh, that's a different string of remakes, but eventually they remade The Fog, which the white maybe one of the worst uh, movie remakes of all time. Hmm. I don't know. Ooh, Day of the Dead. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It has nothing to do with the original anyway. Like, right. why even do it? Why did Ving Reams do it is the real question. Why was he in that movie? That's so bad. Uh, I like The Mist. Maybe people don't. I like The Mist. Oh, The Mist is good. What's wrong with The Mist? The Mist has got one of those rare endings where they, where they, they change the ending from the original story and made it so much worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where Steve King's like, kudos. I wish I had done that. That was <laughs> right. not yeah. my ending. They outdarked yeah. Steve King. Like, yeah. Stephen King. Steve King. Weird. <laughs> it's like I know him. He doesn't seem like somebody who goes by Steve by anybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> uh. Well, we're doing trauma. That's pretty close to your request. I, I like the idea of what you're thinking about. 
maybe we could just probe each other and then find movies that we like that the other ones of us hate and mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about those. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The fog. Sorry, real quick. Savannah said she didn't know what the fog was. She thought it was the mist. The fog is not like the mist. I mean, it is. It's similar. There's, there's a fog or mist or whatever, but it, it's like ghost. It's like ghosty pirate stuff instead of some kind of interdimensional awesomeness. The Fog was a John Carpenter movie with Jamie Lee Curtis that wasn't Halloween. <laughs> but it, but it was around that time period and it's pretty decent. It's not it's not Halloween like iconic but it's pretty cool. It's got good atmosphere and they remade it and I don't remember who was in it but that's around the same time they remade House of Wax which is fine cuz House of Wax wasn't necessarily a great movie. But you know it's when they were par- putting Paris Hilton in those movies and like it's all crap. It's all crap. Speaking of Halloween, you know what comes out tomorrow. I do know what comes out tomorrow. You know what I'm doing tomorrow? Watch, watching it. Uh-oh, you're getting a little choppy. Uh, Melanie and I are going to meet up with my family at the drive-in movie theater, and we're going to watch some Halloween Kills. Wait, mm. is that the one? Halloween Kills? Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. Exciting. Did, Savannah asks, did y'all see Jimmy Lee Curtis dressed as her mom in Psycho? I don't think that yes. I did. Yes, oh. and it's strange. I, I don't know why she did it. I guess just for fun. But, I mean, if your mom was, was, uh, was it Janet Lee, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I better mute so people don't complain about my typing sounds. It's so loud! <laughs> <laughs> so is that why, I wonder if that's why she got into... Well, I guess she didn't stay just in horror, but why, why she started in, did she start in horror? I thought as like this Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, the scream queen. That's definitely where she got her, like mm-hmm. most of her notoriety. I thought. Yeah. So I wonder if it was that she was influenced by, you know, her mom. I don't know that she that. got into it. I think it's probably just what she got because I feel like, and now she downplays it a little bit, but I feel like she hated that whole scream queen thing and actively tr- work to get out of it as soon as possible like th- the whole moniker but mm-hmm. there she is yeah she went to that she went like that to the uh premiere of halloween kills mm-hmm. well it makes sense to me that when a lot of people get their start in horror because it's i think it's easier it, to get into a horror movie than it is other movies it seems like at least um but her mom was a, an actress so it seems like she could have gotten into other movies just you know from the nepotism um i guess it depends on if her mom like connections I don't, i'm not sure mm-hmm. i'm not sure that it i mean if she's getting a start in <laughs> halloween was kind of a low budget movie so like that's not <laughs> savannah's like jamie lee curtis string of consciousness almost <laughs> um true true lies through and trading place though and trading places yeah what i feel like there's half sentences and i don't understand and now she talk about uh jamie lee curtis's boobs and trading places which is fine but yes her boobs are in there and that's like the only movie but you know what we need a little bit actually it might derail us even more but we need like something that can read the text or the comments and and do them out in robot voice as they, as they go as they come in not automatically <laughs> we need some type of oversight oh, yeah yeah i mean of course we'd have to beep it 
give it a Grolix, but you know. Well, I used to, uh, you know, be pretty good about reading out the comments, but sometimes, like, man, they just derail us if we're on yeah. a topic. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get to them when I can, and sometimes I'm just confused by them. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it's you. You're like mid sentence sometimes, and you just stop for a minute or two, and I'm like always reading the comments. I, I try to, exp- <laughs> yeah, and I try to eventually explain what I'm doing so that's not totally jarring to audio listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you should, you should. Savannah's the only one in the chat. You should not stop and read it that much because, yeah, she's right. She is all, all over the place. But that's how we do. Savannah's not just the only one in the chat. She's the only one watching, and she's been the only one watching like this whole time. <laughs> I don't know where everybody's at tonight, but they're not here. Um, well, but that's what all we really need is we, you know, our cat dancers exactly. are the best cat dancers. <laughs> yep. So I'm not complaining that Savannah's here. I'm just saying, <laughs> Savannah oh, loves us. We love you too, Savannah. Hey, if you want to show your love for us like Savannah does, go to patreon.com it feels wrong now <laughs> go to patreon.com slash grolix podcast is g-r-a-w-l-i-x podcast and uh you could become a patron and mm-hmm. get access to bonus episodes there's a whole back catalog and uh you could also pull the strings a little bit like savannah does and just, we listen mm-hmm. become a cat dancer <laughs> yep uh i know this is got has to do with with it though Funny to me, and it popped in my head. I remember when Savannah and I were younger, her grandma gave her a check for something. I can't remember what, but it was kind of a lot. And in the memo, it says, for love. And I'm like, oh, that's how it works. <laughs> you write people checks for love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny. It, was funny. it explains a lot about Savannah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nah. kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. Um, well, hey. Yeah. Melanie. Randall. Is there anything we should maybe be perhaps amazed about? A little bit. This okay. is not, uh, it, it's kind of a non-story, but I think it's interesting, so I'm sharing it. So, um, there was a new study published um, about an asteroid that is near the Earth. It's not, like, close, and we don't currently have the ability to do this, but they took the time to figure out what it was made of and how much uh, money you could get if we actually went and mined it because this, the asteroid it's asteroid 1986 DA um, has, let's see, iron, nickel, cobalt, cobalt, excuse me, copper, gold, and platinum. The mass of these metals um, would exceed the total metal reserves on earth, which is kind of crazy because it's just, you know, an asteroid, but um it would yield 233 billion per year over a 50 year period, um, totaling $11.65 trillion. That's how much is on this freaking rock flying around out, you know, out in the orbits of the earth. That's pretty wild. Would that change then? Well, I'm sure it would a bit the price of the metals here. Yes, it would. It yeah. would. Still um, though, it'd probably be it. <laughs> so we wish there. we had the technology to destabilize our own economies. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but we do because it wouldn't. It would make batteries. The main thing is is like stuff like right. that. Batteries and electronics. The price of those would go so much cheaper. Um, and I don't. I mean, maybe no, maybe right. they'd be heard about it. But I don't think even the companies that make those things would be too upset about that. You know? 
no, they should do that because we love those things now. So yeah, batteries and electronics, we're all about it. Like that's a huge. I actually read a article or I skimmed an article that was talking about how many tons of e garbage we have, electronic garbage, mm-hmm. and it's scary. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it's you know it's not built to last. And yeah. what what do you, what do you do with it, right? So yeah, you get you put it in the machine at walmart and it tells you you sorry you can't get any money but we'll recycle it for you <sighs> at least in my experience that's what it says and they probably get money for it i'm oh, sure for they sure yeah yeah um well no i like that one yeah because that's totally yeah we would mine it we would mine the crap out of i know we anything totally that would. floats by we could grab onto honestly i think we should if there's more mm-hmm. metal on on a asteroid than the whole planet yeah, let's not destroy our environment trying to get at those metals. Let's go into space and destroy space instead. Come on. Send the billionaires. Have them work on it. <laughs> yeah. Destroying space. What could go wrong? <laughs> at least there's a lot of it. Yeah, that's true. Who's- and it's expanding, so it's a renewable resource. Space. Mm-hmm. The renewable frontier. <laughs> Who's talking in the background? Oh, it was Jesse. Oh, okay. Oh. It, it, it people we get ducked down depending who's talking because that's how if we if we talk over each other we don't all come through. I don't think, I don't know if that's what she's talking about, but oh, well, I, I I think I maybe had heard. Oh, in the background. you probably hear Holly. She's in the kitchen mm-hmm. doing. Was something. it James Spader? No, I think it was Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't sound uh, didn't sound like anybody's thinking their secretary. So that's the only James Spader show you could possibly be watching. Mm-hmm. It's the only one worth watching. <laughs> and I remember that he was in that Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah. The, it's it goes downhill pretty quick. Like the end is a mess. Oh, that, that movie, movie sucks. Oh, <laughs> the movie's not great. It's such. A, <laughs> I was watching a TikTok and and it kind of just sums it up. It's like, you know, like you have this incredible voice actor in in James Spader and then you give you give him this Joss Whedon-y line, which would be fine in like a Joss Whedon TV show, but it's like he's explaining to the to Pietro and the Scarlet Witch like they were like, "Well, I thought I aren't we going to kill the Avengers?" and he's like, "Well, yeah, for peace in our time, but also yeah." And right. that's the line. And that's the line. <laughs> right. It and it's like, weird. yeah, you just you just summed up this movie in that one line. It's like, yeah, peace in our time, but also, yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> and that's the one where like the studio mandated th- things to set up other things is so apparent and kind of derails things and feels so out of place more so than most of the other movies right uh weird choices too that have stuck around like clint barton has a family like (laughs) why and whose idea and again why (laughs) (laughs) who cares like that's probably why they were like "We, we need to make them care because nobody does Basically, trying to strengthen yeah. weaker characters, maybe. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, maybe if they spent some time on him, people would, but they didn't, so they don't. So they have to be like, okay, well then let's give him a wife and kids, so that we can quick get them to care. You know what I mean? Give him, yeah, 
Wait, was was that also the one where they did the Scarlet or the Black? What was it? What's her name? The Scarlet Johansson and Hulk thing that the the sun is coming down or whatever it is Mm. or sun it's getting low. Is that the one with that? Ooh, why? I love that. This is so cringy. I love that they kind of rag. They don't rag on it, but they kind of jab at that a little bit in Ragnarok. Ragnarok. It's so good. Um, uh, Jesse, you got anything exciting coming up or anything you want to tell people about? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. No. Okay. No, I just got back from grand comic con. It was, it was all right. Was it actually, that was probably two weeks ago. Probably. Um, no, it was, it was okay. It wasn't great. It was in Grand Island, which is the worst city in Nebraska, in my opinion. Well, you know, like that was that was an interesting thing, and I'm not bagging on the con in any way, shape, or form. But like, I think it could have been better attended. But also, at the same time, they're like shutting down schools because there's a sh- a sub shortage and uh, that kind of thing. Like, the understaffing was a huge problem in in Grand Island. So like none of the none of the fast food places had lobbies open. It was all drive through only and a lot of them were closing early kind of thing. I heard they got hit really hard by COVID too. So yeah. that might be and, part and that was of that. part of it probably. Yeah. Wow. So Yeah, it doesn't sound grand. You know. Conventions yeah. in a pandemic are just not quite back to normal. Weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never mind. I don't need to share. It's too personal. Okay. Um, I know I keep mentioning it, but I do. I will have music coming out this month. I think I finally got. I was remastering all of them. Some of them were never mastered, and some of them are so old. Like, actually, it's kind of crazy to think like they're. It's cre- It's like some of them are nine years old, creeping up on ten years old. So I did new mixes of all the songs that'll be on the album and I've been remastering them and mastering is I'm not a master master. So, so <laughs> it's you're not here. What, what was that? Um, you're not a cyber master, right? It, it's a weird, strange audio black magic that they do. And, uh, but you know, I've done the previous albums. I've always handled it myself. So I, I think I got them sounding decent. Uh, I eventually I'm just gonna have to be like, no, they're done. So mm-hmm. I think I'm close to no, they're done, and I have the album art. So it'll be coming out before too long. I don't know when before Halloween. So mm-hmm. music. Woo! If you like synthy music, it's it's uh it's the it, new eighties. Yeah, it's it's the synth wave. I know synth wave's been around for a while. It's still some of that. Um. After that, the music's going to change a little bit, but it's still good. It's great music. You should listen to it when I release it. You have to. You have to do now because the new '80s is going to change to the new to the new '90s, and then. Oh, I know it's coming. I'm <laughs> I'm actually kind of ready for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let go of the '80s. It's just going to be '80s '90s. It's gonna, I'm just going to mesh everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eventually, I'm going to bring. Uh, what do I got? Like 20 years, I can bring back the dubstep sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, dubstep, man, that aged so poorly. You gotta, you gotta like get through the uh, Papa Roach era. No, P-O- was it POD and <laughs> I'm not prepared biscuits. for that time period. New metal and uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I don't fusion. Yeah. Ooh, new metal right into like the emo emo stuff. I don't know. Oh what yeah, to do. Fallout Boy. Yeah. So actually, it's about 20 years where I'm just like, <laughs> well, probably just 
gonna stick around in the 90s for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but that's yeah. kind of what we did anyway yeah 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 i mean after that though maybe i think the internet then like the internet really kind of flourished and music on the internet flourished and whatever the big mainstream sounds were just does that just doesn't, doesn't matter anymore and that's the, know, there's lots so, of good music now one of the things i was always wondering is you know how like style comes back every like 20 or 30 years or something like that so what happens in like 60 years then does does the style from not not just the you know now but like from the 80s is that going to come back in another 30 years i was thinking about that when is the like yeah the the uh the nostalgia for synthwave going to come back it's going to be like thrice baked potatoes <laughs> yes yeah. thrice baked 80s synth music yeah i don't know it it's also kind of the thing where you know you can listen to like the, the trends in like popular genres now and be like okay i can recognize certain traits in that but it's not it's kind of kind of not till later to where like I can look back at uh, 2000s and 2010s music and listen to some of the stuff that was popular and be like, oh, yeah, no, that totally sounds like that time period because of this. Whereas mm -hmm. at the time, I don't know, it's, it, I feel like when you're in it, it's harder to recognize the, the tropes until you get a little bit of distance, mm -hmm. I guess. Probably, again, one of the things with modern life being so much different from the past, we, I mean, they had ways to record sound for a while, but you know looking back in human history not that long so uh, being able to go back and actually like revisit it um and know exactly what it sounded like probably makes the nostalgia nostalgia thing more real than it used to be because before it was just, they just sang the same song it was a, a song they sang it sang it for 150 years right you know? i see what you're saying yeah yeah or maybe somebody had a a, a fiddle or a piano uh -huh. or something instruments that generally just didn't really change that's just mm -hmm. the tone yeah and then eventually yeah with recording and mm -hmm. electronics all kinds of crazy sounds and then auto-tune mm -hmm. then auto-tune happened thanks t-pain <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we're we're meandering let's let jesse go to sleep that's why the wub wubs yeah. the wub wubs were so cool because i was like that seems like a new sound that is not a thing that you hear in other music. Mm -hmm. But man, people know how to take a thing and that's cool and just make it sound like the same crap over and over and run into the ground. Mm. <laughs> hey. Hey. Speaking of, thanks for listening. Thanks for <laughs> watching. If you want to hear more of this, if you want to hear us take these same sounds and run them into the ground, visit growlixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X podcast.com. We'll be here next week talking about trauma. <laughs> I don't know what to think. I don't even know where to. I know they have a streaming service, but I'm not. I don't want to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> they got a 30 day free trial or a one day maybe, free trial. Maybe. maybe. Um, huh. Google it. We'll find out. I'm a little surprised I don't own any trauma. I probably have some weird trauma. There's like some weird chicken killer movie or something. I remember. I anyway. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> riveting. Like the, I think the killer is a chicken. I don't remember. Even better. Anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, the Halloween's coming, man. Get excited.
Thank you for listening to Grolix Nights, the Grolix Podcast live show. Be sure to check out our weekly live streams available at grolixpodcast.com slash live. Currently, we stream Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For links, once again, go to grolixpodcast.com slash live. Don't got to drive in. Go anyway. <laughs>